in this episode or just browsing through the through the the you know the digital covers it's just there's a whole um yeah, you're gonna say it, John. <laughs> you're gonna to, say dude. it, dude. You're gonna say it. Yeah. Welcome. You're listening to Paleo Cheese Podcast, episode 33. Ghosts are aliens, gods, and technology advancements. Hello, everybody. I'm Jeremiah Bannister, and I am Chad Lutsky. And you're listening to Paleo Cheese Podcast, part of the Project Entertainment Network. And we've got an awesome show for you today. We've got a topical show, Chad. How do you know it's awesome? How do I know? Because I picked the topic, dude. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's how right. I know, man. I can ensure this, dude. I can okay. ensure it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Okay. Well, I, I know I will forget this because we'll get all wrapped up in the conversation. So before we uh, go any further, I did want to announce that my new novella slow burn on riverside is up for pre-order for kindle and it has a quiet paperback release which means the paperback is available right now mm-hmm. but i haven't said anything so um you did just now yeah well yeah yeah it's not quiet and that, anymore and that's okay because <laughs> yeah. the official release is march 19th yeah which is uh you know what six days and by the time this airs it'll be five days away so if our listeners want to be blessed with getting an uh you know finding out about the early paperback then by all means please go purchase it my all my books are cheap my my kindles are usually like 3.99 my paperbacks are usually 8.99 yeah I think one of them's 9.99 um you've got hard covers now though i got a couple hard covers those are like more. what 50 bucks 60 bucks yeah no and then um it is a a prequel to the same deep water as you but it's also 100 percent a standalone so if you've never read deep water um have no interest in it you're this this book is stands by itself so um yeah that's that's just a quick announcement it's slow awesome burn, slow burn on riverside it's a yeah. it's a uh it's a thriller it's a dark drama. Um, if you read my stuff before, you know there's not going to be ghouls and ghosts in it. So um, I've noticed that. Yeah. I've noticed you're not into the ghouls and ghosts, dude. It's not my thing. I have a difficult time with suspension of disbelief. And I do write it in short stories sometimes. Uh, but yeah, not, not normally. Yeah. I don't know if I could do the whole ghost. Well, I, goblins, no. Ghosts, maybe. I could, I could, I could do a ghost story, man. Yeah, you know they kind of, there's the idea spooks me a little. Bit. It at least, it at least uh, um, gets my attention, right? Because I've watched a lot of those ghost hunter shows mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I always, there's always part of me, you know, the, the larger part of me knows that this is a bunch of ridiculous nonsense. Yeah. Um, but there's always part of me that really does hope that I'm going to hear something or see something that's really astounding. That's just like mm-hmm. that is absolutely remarkable. You know, and I never do, <laughs> never. <laughs> and so it's kind of a. And we talked about that actually, I think before on yeah. the the episode of the local legends and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You it's know? one of those things where, how exciting would that be? Oh, you yeah. know, it's always exciting to know that what like aliens or or whatever you know, um, on other planets. Just to think that whether it be you know not not necessarily not necessarily close the door on it. 
but just think, you know, how cool would that be? And you and I, we're big God believers, and and we we subscribe to the uh, uh, we love science, and we subscribe mm-hmm. to the idea that God is the author of science. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, the more we find out about science, the more we find out that things align with a lot of the stuff that goes on in the Bible. And the reason why I bring that up is because that's what I forgot. <laughs> You're getting all theological, man. You're I know, getting no. theological up in the house, dude. Yeah, I, I, I totally forgot. But I, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, this, this yeah. is why I brought this up is because one thing that gives me great hope about ghosts and i say hope because i I like the excitement of that it's like a feels like a safe fear like people don't die from ghosts ghosts aren't murdering people they're just scaring Mm -hmm. the the crap out of them you know Mm -hmm. so the idea of a ghost or or something like that is exciting i don't really believe it never had an experience like that however there is something in the bible that makes me wonder king um, Saul, bro no it's when uh I think it's Peter's out on the boat. Jesus is cruising out to him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's a freaking ghost. Yeah. And they get yeah. freaked out. Yeah, straight and up. It's like, where did that? It's a ghost. Where did that even come from? You guys believed in ghosts? Yeah. So King I, I Saul's in there, was... man. You have you have the you have the this essentially like a seance, right? He goes mm-hmm. and uh, 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 Saul ends up going to this this person who conjures up the spirit of Samuel. And Samuel's mad about it, mm-hmm. right? And like, so, yeah, you know, there has to be some kind of a place uh, for for the idea within like a biblical worldview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I always thought that was interesting that 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 a ghost is mentioned in the Bible, and Jesus is like, "No, man, it's not a ghost. Just it's chill. It's me. It's me. Like, yeah. Does I'm that good. mean that ghosts are real? Was that was that yeah. a threat? What? Yeah, just a fear that they had. I mean, were they that different from a lot of people nowadays? You know, who would people would wonder that? You know, dude, look, as scientifically minded as I am, if I was out on a boat and I see somebody just cruising along on water or whatever, man, I'd be like, homie, there's a ghost out here. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's a siren, right? Like, oh no, we're in trouble. But it and just so, it, it yeah. makes me like it's part of their vocabulary. It's part of their yeah. urban legend, and it makes me wonder what were their ghost stories. Like, obviously, ghosts floated because um, they thought, you know, Jesus was floating and he was a ghost. So, yeah, it's uh, I would like to know more about that. Yeah. Like, why did you say that? What would what, 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 you hear? What did you hear about what legends did you guys have about ghosts and stuff? What, what kind of crap did they do? And what were they exactly? Were they <laughs> yeah, back people? then, like that far back? You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be fascinating, dude. And I, you know, I kind of, I, I hold out hope for different things, not aliens, right? I, I've never been, I've never been that enthralled by the idea of aliens because I've always been. It's because you're scared of them. Well, I would be rightfully scared if there are aliens. They essentially, within, you know, within the 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 framework of like what's in this world and of this world kind of thing mm-hmm. of this universe. Um, they would be gods. I mean, if they can, if they can travel that, that span of space and time and survive and keep cloaked the way they have and everything else, probing everybody in the butt all the time and never getting busted. They're obviously not just gods, but they're malicious. And so what's your your definition of, I guess you're what, you know, what's your definition of a God? 
well, what I'm saying is within like, um, it wouldn't be God in the sense of, of a, a being that is that uncreated, right? Yeah. So it, it would be like a demigod. It'd be, it'd be some kind of a, uh, some kind of a creature. So it's obviously not creator. It's a creature that that's powers and abilities would be relatively speaking to us so astounding that it borders on omnipotence we can't we we would struggle you know getting through a radiation belt right they would be not only going through it but all the time and traveling light years in order to get here if, if that was even the way that aliens are you know yeah but i just see it as a a superior technological advance if you could talk and we see us for the first time and see what we've done they'd be like wow you guys are total gods and we'd be like no dude we're just we're smarter and we've advanced uh you know uh we can do this and that or, or if we you could go not hurt time, them we we there's we, nothing we could do if we can't make it through a radiation belt it, and there's a big reason why i'm saying gods like in a technological difference because um take for example Take, for example, there's a video on YouTube that um, this guy, I don't know who he is. In fact, what he did was reckless. He goes to this place that had never before seen a white man. Mm-hmm. He goes in there and they tribes people see him, right? And they're totally spooked. You have all these people, man, they've got their spears and stuff. And they come up and they're super scared. They don't know what to do about him. And they're touching his skin, trying to rub his skin to see like what's going on with this kind yeah. of thing. He shows them a mirror. Mm-hmm. They they are terrified. Yeah, they look and they're whoa, and they turn around, dude, and they turn their face. They're so scared, they don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. They and and you know sitting there and throwing spears at people and stuff. And it's like, dude, we could we could sit there in the United States and push a button and nuke them, and they would think it's you know a firebird or something in the sky, like no offense to them, but they are so primitive that it's actually reasonable to say that it's a dangerous thing for us to actually integrate it all for us to even confront them and deal with them. Because in the instances where we have, it's wiped out entire tribes in a short period of time. And not from, not just from like disease or anything like that, just the overwhelming realization that their entire idea of the world is fake. It's not real. And that that it's so it's so mind expand expanding the, this idea that there are cars and internet and planes in the sky and everything else, you know, that to them it's so overwhelming of an of an eye-opening, like it's revelatory that it's overwhelming to the point that it can wipe out entire people. And so that we 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 fantasy people like, oh man, aliens, they'd be like kind of legit and cool and stuff. And you're like, we would be the people with the spears on the shore, you know, yeah. shooting at them and it'd be like, bro, like it would, it would ravage us. It would, it, it would completely. I just, don't see it. I just don't see it as, I don't liken it to be being as like godlike, just like that white guy was not a God, but in maybe in their sense, if you, you know, with the mirror and stuff and all, because their minds can't comprehend that they have a completely different perspective. Yeah, and so just I'm like using it with have... small G, man, small G God, dude, <laughs> small G Greco Roman, right? I'm using I'm using this idea that 
um, you know, not, not, not Jehovah, right? I'm not saying Jehovah, you know, like Yahweh, this is what this is. I'm, I'm using that term relative to scale, saying that it would be so overwhelming and so mind boggling that they actually wouldn't, it would be, I'd be fascinated to, to know more on whether they can even ever comprehend that. Like how far of a difference is that? That once you get to that place, the idea of picking somebody up and plopping them in, it's not like Encino, man. You know, so I don't know. God like demigod, demigods, whatever, you know. Um, but so, so vastly, so much bigger, so much larger, so much um, power, right? The power to literally annihilate. Yeah. Um, that that's something that's unfathomable in their world. They don't have any reference in the created order in their mind and their social right. framework to make sense of anything like that. I think that white guy showing up is very similar to something that if, you know, an alien visited, like, let's say some of these people who claim to have been abducted, let's say, um, for argument's sake, that that really happened to at least one person. OK, that 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 guy would be kind of like the one tribe that saw the white dude that one time. And then they started drawing pictures of it and telling stories about it. But they're the only like tribe to have seen that and their minds are blown. They have to try to convince others. Um, there's no proof of, of any of this happening. Um, and so that would be kind of like the same thing. It's just like, like the white man observed this. I didn't say, Hey, hello. This is the first time, you know, um, this happened in, in every other uh, observation was from a distance, just kind of like aliens, you know, it, it, maybe they're observing us from a distance, uh, taking notes, knowing that we'll get spooked, knowing that things will get haywire if they um, don't come like a thief in the night and, and just go to a select few and try to be stealthy about it and never ever, and then realize, well, even if they see us, uh, some of them, um, you know. I mean, you could film, I could go outside right now and let's say there's a ship hovering over my house, a legit UFO. I could yeah. film it. It doesn't really matter. You know, it doesn't matter how real it is because if I post it online, I mean, there will be some who will believe it because they want to so bad. But the majority of the world is going to be, yeah, that's a great video editing thing that you did there. That looks really cool. Yeah. I mean, I've seen like some really Phoenix cool Light, stuff. Phoenix Light, dude. Yeah. I've, yeah. Yeah, I've seen some cool stuff where like the pyramid thing shaped things are hovering over like, uh, what was it, Egypt or something? And just really cool stuff like in the sky. And it's like that legit looks scary and real. Yeah. yeah. But you never know. I mean, there, there's no, there's no uh, like end to how good you can make something look uh realistic so you know I, I look at it and say this is the last thing i'll say about the alien thing is that um for one i mean like theoretically theoretically we can say well we know that there are goldilocks zones so like potentially there's a there's a, a earth-like planet there and that if if we came about through a process of lightning and water <laughs> right which is if we came through a what was that if we came through a what a pro oh, no. 
<laughs> a very dude, and it would be in 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 evolutionary terms, it would be an a very elongated one. Elongated process, right? <laughs> very elongated. Yeah. And uh, and and but if that's the way it works, right? If that's how that happens, mm. then then it's it would seem possible, if not even probable, that there would be forms of life. So whatever that means, right? Um, but the idea that that there would be creatures or in this case um the best example the best frame we have would be persons so the idea of persons or beings sentient beings that have the ability to do that um it it would be like uh there's there's a book man is it called lord of the earth or um anyway uh it's 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 an apocalyptic it's an apocalyptic book and it's written, I think, in the 1800s. And it, it even talks about these crazy flying ships in the sky and stuff. And it talks about that with the Antichrist and stuff. It's kind of a crazy end timesy book. Yeah. Um, and it's remarkable, actually. It's a it's it's a, a classic in a way. And so, but the thing is, is that um it would it would be on that magnitude of a global religion. So it wouldn't it wouldn't just be like I knew it all along, like. You would have people, it would be a full-blown religion. Like mm-hmm. there would be people would worship it. People would would talk about it, it would it would change the entire framework of of what we think is not only possible, but where we're going as as a species. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times we because we're closer to monkey town than that, we get it caught up in the idea that it would just be like, well, that's cool, man. There's aliens here. It's like, like it's it would be it. That isn't how that would would play itself out in in society or globally. And so, right. I'm not I'm not excited about the the prospect. And I'm also not that impressed by things because I I think it's easier to assume um, r- with justification that a lot of these these uh, even the videos that are that are remarkable. Remarkable videos, dude, where you've got these crazy flying machines, dude, you know, that the government has even released in the last four years or so, yeah. where it's more and more and more. Um, and there are other countries like Mexico, I believe, and Russia and others that have their government has actually said that there are uh, aliens and UFOs and stuff like mm-hmm. they don't even that's like an official position or an, an ad, official admission or whatever. Yeah. And so um, but but that it's easier to to chalk that up to the power that man and mankind is able to harness mm-hmm. um, and the things that are done under the shroud, right. Of secrecy uh, of governments and the way that they, they have even weapons regarding uh, the uses of energy uh, computers using uh, energy with dimensions and concepts of dimensions. So like, I mean, there's things that are way beyond most people in the way that they think. And if they heard it, in fact, the best example there's a there's a computer i don't know if it's called d-link or what it's not d-link i forget what it's called but it's it's basically this idea that you're kind of like feeding off of of energy from other dimensions but the way that the guy is talking about it and he's been criticized for this but the way that he talks about it he admits in his presentations that this sounds like religion almost like we're stealing energy from other dimensions that we've figured out this thing and that we're able to to deplete energy from another dimension. So we're essentially doing with 
with that, what we're already doing right now with energy and minerals and other resources, even water, right? They were, yeah. we're, we're hoarding and we're like, we need that energy for what we want. We, we figured out how to tap in and that's the language it uses. So, but that's, that's so bizarre that most people hearing that would just think, well, this guy's a weirdo kook, you know? And so <laughs> I kind of feel like that's the way it might be with aliens. That, that's funny that we all just got that from, um, my book, Slow Burn on Riverside, and how I don't normally do ghost. <laughs> yeah, dude, stories. it's true. It's true, man. So you've got yeah. a topic. I do have a topic, man. And I thought it, I thought it'd be fun because you know we're we're old men, you know, and so we we've lived long enough where this list makes a lot of sense. I actually got it over at listverse.com mm-hmm. and uh it's in their technology segment by David Long. And um it's top 10 primitive technologies that are better than their advanced counterparts. And I want your opinion on this because I know you'll be aware of, if not all of them, mm-hmm. then basically all of them, right? Okay. And so, and we both are, right? We both have lived through these times to say, you know, because we live in the day and age where, you know, tech is constantly changing all the time. And you're always updating and updating and updating all the time. Um, and it's for a lot of people, like my kids and stuff even, um, they're weirded out sometimes when they see old tech or they hear about what it was. They say, well, what's the point of that? And they don't, they don't see the way it connects. And that sometimes there may have been benefits to some of these things. And in some ways it may actually have been better. And so I'd like to hear your opinion on that. Okay. Disclaimer. I am very old school and I tend to uh, hate change. And so uh, I I can, you know, like um, I think the internet is one of the, greatest things but also one of the worst things that's ever happened to mankind and so um so yeah i'm a i'm old school man so i can see i can see being opinionated about i i don't know any of them are but just knowing me i can yeah and i'm kind of with you man i'm a little bit of a luddite you know i i am very skeptical you know this because it's one of the struggles we have with the show on promoting it because I loathe social media. I absolutely hate it. I don't, we, we've yeah. had, we've had long conversations where I've just, I've talked about it, you know, till I'm blue in the face being like, dude, I, I really actually hate it. I think it's bad. I know the benefits of it and the arguments people use, but mm-hmm. screw it. Dude, it is, yeah. it is evil. I don't want to do it. Except in Telegram, I'll, I'll do that. Well, Telegram is ch- and it's challenging me though, Chad, because, um, there it's it's basically like a megazord of bots and so you got bots for everything bots for comments bots for music bots for rich text format bots for whatever comments anything you want it's just bot 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 and mm-hmm. i've been really critical of bots i even joke around if i go to a house where they have alexa i'm like oh but you know like this is a, a bad thing and here i am learning bots now so right I know, I know, dude, I know cognitive dissonance is a song playing in my brain all the time. I know it. So, okay. Number 10. Yes. The wired telephone. Okay. Now it says right here, after over a century of use, modern phones, which we effortlessly carry around today, replace the pioneer telephone. Although we can easily buy and replace these modern phones, the wired telephone stood out as the best way people could communicate. And you definitely didn't have to worry about cracked screens or people bothering you all the time. I wish that the writer would have said, you don't have to worry about the power going out. Yeah. Well, there were some people who, uh, I can't remember why it was, 
uh, if your phone was hooked up a certain way, kind of like the people who, if you lose power and then, and then you, you can't have water either versus somebody who loses power and they have water mm-hmm. because of the well water versus, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I do remember being in a house that lost power and the phone was fine and being in another house that lost power and can't use the phone now. I, and I can't remember you, why that was. Wow. Yeah. See, I never um, had that. Yeah. But okay. Um, well, are we talking text? Cause if Pro, we're talking pros and cons, man, okay, pros and cons, like, you know, your experience I, with these things, what do you, what do you, do you lament them being gone? Do you still have one? No, we finally, but we, I felt like we were the, one of the last to, to get rid of our landline. Cause we got rid of our landline. Gosh, I want to say three or four years ago, which is, which was, uh, I yeah. didn't know many people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I know you agree with me on this, but as far as communication goes, texting um, has ruined communication. Yeah. And it's allowed people to say whatever they want, um, even though they know they shouldn't, you know, keyboard warriors and whatnot. And I'm not talking about the click activist, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not talking about social media posts, but I'm talking about like, um, you know, reaching out to someone like my 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 son is has been talking for two or three weeks now to, to this real nice girl through that he met through one of the apps that we talked about on a earlier episode like a dating app and um but they have yet to even hear each other's voices and so yeah. i which which is kind of prolonging this final inevitable meet and greet and making it that much harder yeah. To actually, you know, because it goes from, and I even remember, um, my buddy John Bowden. You know, we we got really close, but had never heard each other's voices before, other than hearing each other on a podcast or something. And then the first time we spoke on the phone, it was, I was actually kind of nervous. I don't know why. I was like meeting him in real life or something. And it 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 takes a when you're being catered to, uh, it takes away um uh something about the communication and it makes kids unable to communicate and if you're going out and looking for a job or doing something like that or you need to make an appointment or make do a phone call and the kid has to do it, it i feel like they're kind of unprepared yeah. and even if they have friends um like my i remember years ago my my son elijah had a friend and he tried to call him and he would, uh, um, the, the guy would not answer. And then he'd just text back. He would yeah. not talk on the phone. And I just thought, wow, what is, the, and this was kind of like the beginning of, it's like, what's going on here? Is this what people are doing? It's like, they can't, um, they can't answer the phone. They can't be bothered to like, which doesn't make sense to me because I would rather talk and get this short thing out then sit here and type all this crap out for 20 minutes when I could just finish it right now and, and have a couple minute conversation. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I mean that those, those are the cons, I guess. Yeah. Just, you know, I, obviously a con is getting wrapped up in the the court all the time. Right. That, that did suck. Right. And and they'd get all wrapped up and tangled and stuff and kind of gnarly and everything and stupid. It's you you just made me feel like I, I went way too deep with this. No, dude. No, I. Now you're talking. About I was gonna say no. In fact, I, I I'll go a little bit deeper even in that. Um, I part of it's like there's pros and cons to the idea that kids are are 
a little bit uncomfortable talking on the phone mm-hmm. because traditionally, if you wanted to talk to somebody, you either went to go see them or you, you know, wrote a letter <laughs> or did the telegram thing, you know, do, do, yeah. do, do, do kind of stuff. Um, and so, or smoke signals, like, you know, a lot of people would do that. <laughs> Carrier pigeon. So, soup, but, cans. Yeah. soup cans. <laughs> soup, exactly. Soup cans. I've done it, right? And so, um, to another room in the house, but still. And so, like, you know, trying those different things and that, that uh, telephones were a very curious uh, change in history because it was the first time where you had a disembodied voice. Mm-hmm. And that's that was bizarre because you're and I've heard people talk about like how back in the day when people were, you know, constantly on the phone all the time. And a lot of people would have little doodle pads by mm-hmm. their phones. And the, the question is, why? Why are people doodling and why so many circles? And psychologically, and I, if people if people say that's not that's incorrect or you're missing the point, let me know. But the idea is searching for a face. Right, they're they're trying to put a face with that because it's such an unnatural thing for them to be mm-hmm. hearing a voice that doesn't have anything. That's that's godlike, right? That's that's hearing the voice in the cloud and being like, whoa, you know, super scared kind of thing. And so it's like almost angelic, like borderline angelic. And so it's an awkward experience. It bothers me though because we've gotten to this point where. Um, a lot of kids now who are using cell phones for texting and stuff, um, you know, if you go and you want to do a telegram, number one, it's a little labor intensive, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for every single letter, like you got to you got to master that kind of thing. It's like mm-hmm. the old phones where you had to push the button like four times or, you know, to get to the number and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it slows it down, right? It slows down that that. Well, I was going to say that word again. <laughs> it's, it slows down the whole procedure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it does. And so, so you, you, people generally not do it as, as frequently. Whereas now something comes up in your head and, you know, you think, well, who's that one, uh, you know, character. He was like in a, in a movie for like three seconds. And it was kind of funny. Did he do something? I'm going to go IMDb. And so you're just, whatever is in the brain you didn't do that with the telegram mm-hmm. you know you didn't do that with any of that stuff and so and not only that but it's gotten to the point now and i maybe maybe back in the day with letters and telegrams stuff like that maybe it's something similar but a lot of people younger people now they actually get anxiety from hard stops from like periods mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like they won't use periods and in fact if you use them they've done studies that say that their anxiety goes up. Like you're, you're some kind of an authority or something. (laughs) Wow. An authority on basic English. Like you put a period at the end of that sentence, bro. You know, like, what are you doing? Uh, Who cares? You put a period there, man. But that sense of finality um, and that sense, almost like of certainty almost. And it it causes anxiety and that's bizarre to me. So it's a, it's a hard, it's a, it's hard to pit that one thing against the other because the phone just does the one, the old phone just does the one little thing. And there's something to be said too, about being able to get away um, and not have people contact you. You know, like if you wanted to go shopping and you're just out or you're going out to dinner or something like that, you can turn on your answer machine and you'll get the message and you'll return the call. You're, Mm -hmm. you're, you're being left alone. 
to do whatever you want to do and you are present in whatever it is you're doing you are completely present yeah um so it's hard to pit the cell phone against that because the cell phone is is this whole other thing it's yeah. a, it's an yeah. arcade the smartphone it's a, a yeah. movie theater it's a it's a it's yeah so okay number nine the yeah. swamp cooler do you know what that is the what swamp cooler it's known as the evaporative uh evaporative cooler cools the air by evaporating water no it's different from an air conditioning system that uses cycles of absorption uh, of uh absorption refrigeration or vapor compression i i have one of these right and to be honest if it was bigger it would be dope but it's really small and what it is you put water in it and it basically it uses the water to create a mist and the mist there's a fan inside and the and the mist comes out and so it ends up vaporizer or a humidifier no no they called it a swamp cooler it says swamp coolers minimize dry air temperature by the phase transition of water to water vapor this means the swamp cooler can cool air with less energy than refrigeration especially in arid climates in non-arid climates the swamp cooler can condition the air without adding to the humility or humility the humidity and this favors the occupants so there seems to be benefits from that, but it's not going to be as cold. Like it's going to cool it down because it's it, there's mist essentially, right? And so it's going to, and, and it is, it's weird. I, I went to a store, I forget where we were. It was a Bed Bath & Beyond or something, I think. We went in there and they had this little cooler thing, this little swamp cooler. And it was, stuff was coming out as a fan, you have a little tray. You got to pour water in it, man. And it, it basically it's water to water. And so you get this water kind of floating around and stuff like a humidifier. Um, but it, it cools everything. And it's, it's kind of an interesting thing, but I don't know, man, like air conditioning is a big deal. <laughs> like I'm really grateful for it, man. I'm really grateful I no, for I, I, I don't know. You know? Okay. So you, you might have an opinion on this one then. Uh, no. Beepers and pagers. I mean, that's, that's the beginning of, um, I need to know what's going on at all times and I need to know where you're at at all times. Yeah. It's just a, it's a distraction. And, and I mean, let's face it. We know who had the beepers in the back <laughs> yeah. of the day. Those yeah. are people you shouldn't be hanging out Your with. dealer, dude. Yeah. What, what was yeah. It? Uh, pound 911. Like I need yeah. it now, dude. Yeah. I need that weed. <laughs> Yeah, right. I, but you know, but it's not as intrusive, right? I mean, you could put it on on vibrate, and you wouldn't. I guess it would take out of the social imaginary. And I have never had a, a a pager, so I can't really say how it affected me. But I can imagine that it's it's a little bit better in that just in the idea that you have as you're walking about in your day and everything that people can reach you and contact you but that you're still going to have to go and get a phone. Yeah. You know, it, and you don't have to answer. You're not even going to have, and you're not going to feel like you need to call anybody or check your voicemail. And because it's all, it's the all in one, you know, mega shop now with the smartphones, it's basically c disconnecting all of that and saying, yeah, this is like a wigwam of intrusions, dude. Like get that thing out. And now we've just got this pager. 
you know, which yeah. is intrusive, but you know, I think it was. I mean, I, I'm sure when it was invented and it was starting to be used, it was it really had its good purpose. Like people like uh, on the job, you know, in, in, in the workforce that, that needed it for their job or whatever, or maybe even uh, children, parents, communication or something like that. But let's face it, a lot of people wore it like a big schlong hanging out uh, to show <laughs> off the goods. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a like a like a sports car on their hip, you know? It's yeah, like, check yeah. me out, man. I got a I got a beat for And nobody would page them ever. Yeah. And you're like, dude, I mean, who's paging you? And you're like, my mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my mom asking if I'm done at the mall yet. I it gives you I I have my pager and a couple quarters in my pocket, you know. I gotta go to the gotta go to the pay phone and, and pump yeah. those buggers in so I can call. All right, telegram. All right, transmitting with Morris code. But I liked what it said. It said telegram had a mysterious beauty. The telegram certainly had a sense of elegance and drama to it. Uh, it involved, for example, a messenger approaching your door, knocking. You open it, and they go, Telegram. And they said, talk about nostalgia. What's more, modern email in comparison excludes all the anticipation that the Telegram brought to senders and receivers. Uh, it also takes less skill to send an email than a Telegram. And scale like it is an art or something? Like it's an art form. I mean, look, it is a little bit. I mean, you got that guy sitting there. Do, 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 do. You know, he's going nuts with the Morris. I don't know, man. It's, it's a guy. I don't know this guy. <laughs> I don't know who's writing it. But he, I like that he talked about the idea that there's there's that there's a little bit more of an elegance Email to it. or snail mail. Uh, that's ridiculous. What's that? It's definitely it's definitely not better than snail mail or... Um or email it's it's just archaic <laughs> <laughs> and ridiculous yeah. i mean to even you know the art form or whatever you said yeah, yeah. Like, you know and the, and they're talking about you know having that middleman like you got a telegram i don't kind of care i mean really? you don't you don't care about that no i mean we didn't we have that in the aol you've got mail that that was yeah, your that, that's you've the, got a telegram yeah but that sucks dude that's you know it's the same voice all the time man okay you're you grew up in Battle Creek. Do you remember the old commercials on TV for singing telegrams? Uh, you brought this up before, and I, I don't think I do. Oh, man. Really? So, okay. The idea of a singing telegram. Somebody's showing up to your house, dude. Right? That's uh, like a gift. That's swooning like a gift. you. Swooning we're, you. <laughs> we're telegrams mostly like, I have to let this person know. Not like, yeah. I have to let this person know how much I love them. But I have to let this person know that we just ran out of railroad ties and the railroad needs to get done. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, number six, dumb phones. What's a dumb phone? A dumb phone is the, right here, it says dumb phones are basic cell phones. You can make phone calls, send texts. And if you were lucky enough, you could find one uh, with a cheeky game of snake to play when you're bored at home. So in other words, it's not a smartphone. Those are... Those are really, really good for kids, I think, because I see a lot of parents who um, allow their kids to have cell phones at a really early age. And then you start this crazy addiction and then you start the whole I can't communicate with anybody and uh, uh, they're not living in the moment. Everything is. And then, of course, Instagram and all kinds of social media stuff where the, the, the poor girls are comparing their bodies to other girls. It just starts this whole thing. And then you depression and then 
um, you're comparing your life to other people's heavily edited lives where you're mm-hmm. just seeing the highlight reels. Um, but the dumb phones or whatever you call them, they're from communication. Yeah. And nobody's going to get addicted to that stupid game of snake or whatever that's on there. I don't know, man. Um, I was pretty addicted to that. Dude. And, I and, and, like it, five in the morning trying to beat that. It might, it might, <laughs> yeah. it might make the kid feel that's like yeah. being addicted to Atari. You know, it's like I had an Atari I had a bunch of games, but man, you, can Atari play, you can only play for like an hour and then you <laughs> you're done with it, dude. Yeah, for, for you know, you basketball or like, yeah, maybe six hours later, you're like, oh, I want to play again. And then you play and you're like, oh, yeah, this is why I stopped playing earlier. Yeah. And it's just a cycle. Yeah. So, no, yeah. but yeah, um, those, yeah, those are good. And, and, um, those are the, I wish that the, we would see more of those for kids, for parents who want their kids to be able to communicate with their friends and to be able to communicate with their children at any moment, you know, at, at any given time. I'm with you on that. All right, dude. Number five, we're halfway through typewriters. What do you feel about typewriters, dude? Yeah, no. I, when I very, <laughs> when I very first started writing, it was yeah. before the internet. Um, and I wrote on a typewriter. I used a lot of um, what, what, what do you call White it? out? No, the um, the little sheets. Oh yeah, dude, I know what you're uh, talking about. Yeah. I can't remember what they're called, but it's like white out. But they were yeah, like yeah. little plastic sheets, and you just stick it in there, and yeah, um, lots of that. And it was just uh, it was. I can understand people like you know old school writers and people Stephen King like. You know, kind of do it like this, and we liked it, and we had to snail mail our 300, 400 page manuscript, and 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 send a self addressed stamped envelope, and not hear anything for six months. I'm sure that there's certain nostalgia attached to that, but um, you know, once word processors came along and we were able to print uh, stuff like that, now I know there's I know Alpha Smarts too, like. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even need a typewriter anymore. You 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 can still have the the back. People dictate on their phones, write books while they're going for walks. You know, he's talking about being it doesn't come with the distractions. Like that is the one benefit. Right. And I think maybe there's even an argument to be made. I wrote a blog about it a long time ago about that there's that there's actually a consequence to the existence of a key to delete. Right. Mm -hmm. That it's so we use it so much now. Yeah. Um, and that it can be debilitating, right? Just the just the mere existence of it there. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the previous medium with typewriters, before that, like it was maybe even that you should be a little bit more careful about what you're writing as you're doing it, more methodical. Mm-hmm. Um, because you didn't want to have to break out that stupid little sheet, you know. You don't want to have to do that and have to stamp it on there and do that because it sucked, dude. It yeah. was the worst. And so, yeah, man, I, it'd be an interesting thing. So, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that too. So, all right. This is, I think I'll be interested to hear what you got to say. Digital audio tape. Digital audio tape. Yes. Similar to cassettes, but smaller formats. So like the smaller, uh, like VHS almost like cassette tapes, but they were smaller and they were called DATs. And it said the great thing about the DAT was that it could record better than a CD. It could also assign a number to the tracks and easily skip whatever you wanted uh, it to, just like a CD. The only disadvantage with it was its cost, making it most helpful 
exclusively to professional markets. And in 2005, Sony announced plans to stop producing these machines. And the writer says the announcement was earth shaking. I did not hear of this. <laughs> so I think that's a little bit over exaggeration on yeah. the behalf of this writer. But at the same time, you know, uh, a digital audio tape. And I, I, it, it doesn't even look like it's got the real. It has what looks like the real, but I, I think it's, it's just the metal, I think, isn't it? I'm trying to figure out why they call it digital if it's a DAT, essentially analog anyway. I mean, they're even saying tape. I I don't I don't I, I've heard of of DAT before. Yeah, but um, I don't really have uh, an opinion on that. I guess because I've never used it, and I don't, to my knowledge, I've never owned anything where I was cranking out music using a digital audio tape. What do you think then? Then scrap that one, right? Mm -hmm. And think like what what traditional uh, technology, right? Like you you like records, for example, mm -hmm. right? Why wh why do you like records? What is it about records? Because I like them too. Yeah, a couple of reasons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nostalgia okay. would be one. That's what I started with, with eight tracks and vinyl, um, way way before CDs. Um, and then later cassettes I would start getting, but a lot of nostalgia um and the artwork the size of the artwork um you know that stuff is cumbersome and you need a lot of room to to put your vinyl versus um cd and and obviously digital yeah, yeah. but it doesn't matter there's something about it and quite honestly i've got a stereo um with a you know stereo system with the uh that i play my vinyl on and then i've got um a stereo that i play my cds on the cds sound better but it's because of my stereo i don't have a jank stereo it's not yeah. bad but i know if i had one like a nicer one i would prefer um you know some of that and i don't buy all of my stuff on vinyl i normally just buy either stuff that i'm super into um or like if it's new, if it's new music, then it's got to be something I'm super into. Like I have, have all Brant Bjork stuff on, on vinyl. Um, uh, you know, I, 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 but other than that, I usually don't get modern music on vinyl. Uh, that's not true. I got the new accused AD and, um, but a lot of the vinyl that I tend to get also fits that nostalgia, like Kiss and Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and Jethro Tull in in the old punk rock stuff that that I like from the from the 80s and stuff um but I think that there's a certain type of music too that I don't want to hear on vinyl um because I I think it sounds better on CD just because of the genre of music it is and um like when you listen to like Happy House Never even heard of that. <laughs> House music, dude. Come on, man. You're drum and bass, right? Oh, bass music, dude. Are you listening yeah, that's, to bass music? Yeah, that, actually, that type of music, or or like Billie Eilish. I wouldn't want to listen to that on vinyl. Yeah. Um, anything that's like leans toward electronica or electronic music, like Daft Punk, um, the the band or whatever Daft Punk. Yeah, yeah. Um, Madonna. I, I, this is tough. It, actually, one of the 
best sounding records in my whole collection is is uh, a Madonna record. It's got yeah. super high production. But yeah, just more electronic pop stuff. I don't think I, I'd rather have that on CD. And yeah. I, I collect the older school stuff or 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 somebody who is their music was made for vinyl. Like a Brant Bjork is a perfect example because he writes that kind of throwback uh, funky rock stoner rock stuff and the whole aesthetic is made for vinyl he yeah, yeah, yeah. aesthetically his appearance is made for that era yeah and so to own his records on vinyl just makes sense dude i i'm with you man i i feel the same way although i do like some uh modern records like ben howard for example i really like him uh-huh. uh ben howard his album uh i i absolutely love it on on vinyl but most of it is older although I, I like even you, you mentioned Madonna for me. One of my favorite is uh, Michael Jackson. I think Michael Jack, some of his stuff from the eighties, I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's great. And it's, it's still in that world. And even though it was, it was very digital for the time um, they were still in the realm of records. And that would mm-hmm. be Pink Floyd, for example, mm-hmm. like Pink Floyd got, you know, a lot of people were like, look, you know, your music is just a lot of, electronic sounds now it's a lot of noise and synth and everything else in the background um and yet it was still in that time frame where records were it vinyl was it and so it was still made for that whereas now it's not and so makes sense to me dude makes sense to me number three vhs okay for Um, for not just watching but now it says right here, it, um, of course, you got to rewind. It. That is obviously a problem, right? Um, yeah. But it said by 2008, DVDs had almost wholly replaced VHSs. The massive shift eventually led to the demise of VHS. However, many still respect it as one of the best ways to watch and record films. What what film is better to watch on VHS? I, it's been so long. Sex Chainsaw Massacre. Is it? Yeah, dude. Yeah, you got to have anything that was meant to be like grindhouse, like grainy um, stuff. Yeah, that 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 you would never want to watch that film like remastered high def whatever (laughs) version. It just it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So are they saying that this is a list saying that these archaic things are better than the more modern i think that that well the writer if i if i can guess right from my experience with journalism like this is that he didn't come up with that title right that's an editorial decision made that Mm -hmm. is in the world of clickbait so like the idea of these are better he's he doesn't necessarily say that he's saying he's more nuanced like so the guy the guy writing it will say stuff like Here's some here's some uh, cons like the idea that you got to rewind, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he's also nuanced enough to say, however, many still respect it as one of the best ways to watch and record film. So there are people out there. What, what is it? Is it Tarantino? He doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't like digital, dude. He's he's like a what yeah. celluloid guy. Like he's like, you know, yeah. he didn't. He, what what's the phrase? I didn't sign up for this. He said the idea of like, well, what about digital stuff? He said I didn't sign up for that. Like mm-hmm. that's not he he has kind of a conviction. Well, he yeah, it. and he is a like a cinephile or whatever, and he's yeah, seen yeah. every movie out there, and he tends to like that old. I think for him, it's probably nostalgic too, and and he likes that old grainy film, 
And he, I mean, he pays homage to all of that stuff in all of his films, whether not from being grainy, but just whether he's f- stealing a song for, from a movie, he's still stealing a scene or a line of dial, a line of dialogue. And not to mention he worked in a video store and there's something to be said about video stores for movie fans, especially um, like a lot of my friends, uh, you know, closer to my age who used to go there and, tr- you know, go down the horror aisle and just see all these gorgeous covers of, of movies that um, they would have event- wanted to eventually get or they w- you would pick something out by the cover. And there was just something really, really cool about it. Same with going to the record store versus having any song that you want at any moment, the second that it comes out or even before, if, you, if you're mm. talking about torrent and stuff, rather than saving 10 bucks and going some going to the record store and picking something out that you better hope you like it because you just spent your money on it and you haven't even heard it yet. And so you have a deeper appreciation for that. And same goes with when you're handing over your two, three bucks for a movie at the video store, um, rather than just, you know, ha- paying $15 a month or whatever Netflix is now, and then putting out a movie and then not, now I'll go to the next one. No, I'm going to go to the next one or just browsing through the, through the, the, you know, the digital covers. It's just, there's a whole, um, yeah, you're going to say it, John. <laughs> you're going to say dude. it, dude. You're going to say it. Yeah. Yes. I'm wow. trying to you're going to do it, dude. <laughs> there is a whole process about yeah. Oh, yeah. getting up off the couch, oh. going to the video yeah. store, and picking that movie that you want to spend the evening with. Yeah. That, that's you, the logic my dad had, dude, when he was telling me it. when I was in, you know, when I was a kid, I, you know, drawing a lot, man, I I just blow right through pencils. And he's like, look, it's why he taught me, he taught me how to cut down trees and like how to like sharpen an ax and then to graphite and shave it with a, uh, with a machete. <laughs> he said, look, you'll appreciate it more. You won't blow through these pencils, man. No, but I, I know what you mean, though. And there is something to that, I think. And there are and, people who, who collect yeah. VHS. I mean, you if you go on to eBay... I mean, some of some of them are even priced high, especially like people who like like old action films or big time horror. They love to collect that stuff. I have a whole bunch of it, man. I have boxes of them, but I don't have a VHS player. Yeah, and, I, I, when he said sale. recording, when he said yeah. recording, uh-huh. I, you know, if 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 I had the equipment, because I have friends this way, um, uh, you know, I got a, I got a kind of a, a mystery buddy. Uh, and he's really like radical about this. Like he, mm-hmm. he, he absolutely loves, uh, you know, he's kind of like Tarantino on this. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but for us, we've done videos before, man. And it was on VHS mm-hmm. and I've had to edit them buggers, dude. If you don't have the equipment for that, you know, like I, I had yeah. that at Axis vision, you had all these different knobs, you're turning and everything. And, and you had to kind of move it around and get it just right and splice and everything. If you didn't have that, then bro, like well, plus access vision, they didn't use they use those giant tapes. Yeah, they well, well, when I was there, they were using the VHS tape, the regular oh. VHS. And so you you just had to own a bunch of VHS tapes. And oh, okay. you put it in and you had the you know the different screens that would show yeah. things and you got it, you know, so like the big knobs and stuff, the yeah, big knobs that. and all that, and moving it around and 
the noise that kind of goes with that and all. So like, um, but it's hard, like with a digital stuff, there is a major benefit. It's true. The efficiency of it, where you're able to very easily edit when you turn it back on, there's no issue. You don't, there's no splicing and all that stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, I kind of sat there and was like, well, you know, you really do have to have a commitment, right? Whether, whether just for the love of it or philosophically or whatever, and you have to have the, the, the wherewithal, the knowledge and stuff and access to certain, certain technologies that, that even allow you to do that. Um, the last See, two, the, the, what, one, one thing about the recording, I took it as recording like TV shows, like recording movies on HBO and recording your, your shows off from, but maybe that meant recording as in making a film. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause they were saying viewing and recording. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that I think what they mean in the picture that they used for that, now he may not have used in. Well, in fact, it's a video using old VHS cameras in 2020. But, you know, mm. there's there's a movie that you and I watched together and I, I saw it with you for the first time. And we actually saw it in chunks because it came out in chunks. And that oh, yeah. is Italian Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Now, I went back years later. And I watched it on at my cousin's house, and he's he has a massive television, right? So I'm I'm there, and he loves the film, and I hadn't seen it in a long time. So we watch it on his TV, dude. I was blown away by it, like I I the colors and stuff, and I went and I looked it up, and it was because they were using vintage cameras, yeah. Like there were there were very specific cameras that they were using. Mm -hmm. These were not digital cameras and that gave it that feel. And I'm thinking that's a great example of a movie that's really cool. And it has a certain feel to it, which is intentional because it's meant to be retro looking, you yeah. know, in a way the motorcycles are more modern, but you know, like, it, but it's, it's meant to have that feel, that vintage feel to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it, it was awesome. And I said, I said, I like those. I like that look better but i also know that that's an aesthetic that that's yeah. just simply i i like the the look and feel of that i'm not i'm not getting to the level of my buddy who will, will talk about the difference in the way that the brain receives signals from and, and connects them in the mind from digital compared to the way how many frames your eyes see per second with cellular i i'm not i'm not even going there right but just to say it's a fascinating thing so okay last two um, I never had one of these, so I don't really have an opinion on it. Um, and the closest reference I have is something we've already talked about. Personal digital assistant, a PDA. Did you ever own one? No, I never had any reason to. Okay, yeah. I And, and it's like, it says here, it says, um, all I'll say about a small handheld device offers computing, information, data storage. It offered similar access to many things we enjoy today, including the internet touchscreen functionality and word processing. That's like the Alpha Smart Dana. Mm -hmm. The Alpha Smart Dana can maybe that would be like a a PDA kind of, right? I mean, I don't know what would you call that? Word, what is would it be a word processor? What would the what would the Alpha Smart Dana what would that be cuz it has access to Wi-Fi? Uh that I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I just remember when the the PDAs or whatever they're called uh it seems like when they first came out, it seems like it was, I remember it being one of those things where it's like, 
I really wanted to find a reason why I needed one of those. But I just I, I yeah. just didn't need one. Yeah. My job didn't I I didn't I yeah, I didn't need it. I had a buddy who who had one. I, I was I was I say buddy, he was my boss. He's a lobbyist in New Jersey and I was the the chief aide for him. So I traveled with him everywhere he went and everything, and he had one of those. Um and so it was it was an interesting thing. And cell phones had already come out. So, you know, you may have a cell phone is back in like what was it, man, Nokia and stuff like Nextel, all that yeah. stuff back in the day. And um, and so it was already cell phones were around, but you didn't have, you know, I don't know how many of those had keypads at the time and it didn't function the same. So if you wanted to be able to bring around, you know, documents and to write down a bunch of information, it would be much easier to use that than it would have been for a cell phone at that time. Mm-hmm. And so it made sense for him. So, okay. The last one, I feel like I'm too young in a way because I feel like these didn't last super long. I know they did. I know they lasted longer than I'm probably thinking, but I came in around the time where it, it made a transition to something else. Uh, number one, floppy disks. I don't, I don't know how that's any better ever. Like I'm like yeah. what are you, I'm like what are you talking about, man? If you want to put like ten pictures on a, a disc and have a stack of like twenty thousand of them, yeah, stored eighty kilobytes, dude. Uh, wow. Come on, man. You know, with time, floppy disks got smaller. Their storage capacity grew larger by the mid '80s. Uh, floppy disk could store one point four four megabytes. <laughs> and if you want, if, yeah. if you wanted to play a game, yeah, it wasn't very graphic intensive. I mean, you'd have to put like eight discs in that computer. Yeah, yeah, like Oregon Trail or something like that. Yeah, dude. yeah. Where in the world's Carmen San Diego? You know, like I lost in one of these twenty five discs I've got to put in. <laughs> yeah, like, that, that that one loses. Yeah. That, that, that one loses. loses. And he added it number one, man. <laughs> it said right here. It said, however. They were vulnerable to heat and magnets. Totally true. But so were, when I when I first got into radio, we would make commercials on these um these. I don't know. Are we talking about the five them. and a half or the or the five or the three point five or just both of them? It, uh, he mentions the three point five. Um, but you know, because I I always thought of what is it the hard disk. I always thought of those as the harder ones and the soft floppy disk. But they were both technically floppy disks, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah, they're both so. floppy disks. Yeah. And so, um, but heat and magnets, I'm assuming, would primarily be the ones, the the floppy, floppy ones, right? The soft yeah. ones. And so I had something similar to that, man, when I worked in radio. When I first got in, anytime we made a commercial, we'd have to get out these. They were like large um, eight tracks, right? So they, they were big. Um, and, and they had this metallic reel on the inside. And anytime you wanted to 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 um, change it, you had to put a magnet and sp- swirl the magnet around, and it would pull all the information, erase everything, and then you could reuse this 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 thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was annoying because if you ever had that thing anywhere near something that was magnetic like that, you could corrupt the file. So you put you know you put in your commercial, you put in this stupid looking eight track thing. You dump that bugger in there, and next thing you know, half your commercials all and it's all goofy because mm-hmm. you accidentally had something magnetic near it, you know. 
So I don't know. And it says currently floppy disks live as I as uh, save icons for software applications, despite their benefits, which I don't know if he ever even mentions a benefit to that. He doesn't mention any of them. So I don't know what he's talking about. That's one of those that's like of all of the things on there, even the telegram, like I can I can at least appreciate the idea of a guy coming to your door and letting you know you have one. Like, I think there's something special about that. Like there is going to get a record in a record store, you know, that mm -hmm. there's something special about the experience of that. But dude, floppy disks. Yeah. Plus they have multiple parts so <clears throat> you can get screwed out of, you know, they have like that spring loaded thing that you, that you slide. Yeah. That, that <laughs> I, I'm assuming slides open once you put it in there, but that can get, uh, and if that gets screwed, then you're toast. Know. Yeah, toast. Bro. Yeah. So that yeah, that is the that's the list, man. You know, and I I wish I would have thought of other ones. You know, other other technologies that it's kind of like, man, you know, this is better. Like I know um, one would be uh, what's happened with digital with cartoons, for example, um, as compared to uh older cartoons that you watch like i for example like um uh is it the aristocats or whatever or 101 dalmatians movies like that where mm -hmm. you you go and you see the originality of that art you can you can tell that it's this is drawn like this is like you can yeah. you can see almost the grain in it whereas mm -hmm. a lot of the modern stuff you can just tell i mean it's like a very distinct thing not to say you can't draw beautiful things digitally like that it's just yeah. to say it's you know a conversation to have and so anime I, animation I, is one, one of those things where i prefer it as it has accelerated like if if i go back and i see like an old disney thing i don't want anything to do with it i can't stand really, it. really? That, that animation yeah uh, the only old animation i like is <sighs> there's a term for it and i cannot remember what it's called listeners i'm, I'm sure will uh know but there were a handful of movies using this like the original lord of the rings um the one that came out in like the late 70s dude is used, it like the one thing. um is it like uh the lion the witch in the wardrobe art because that there was a lion the witch in the wardrobe art that's one. like the lord of the ring cartoon or whatever that came out right don't think i saw that one there's another okay. movie called um fire and ice that, that used that and uh i think the movie wizards maybe did it but yeah a lot of stuff from the 70s was, was doing it something more akin kind of to it but way more modern would be a scanner darkly um but it had that looks much more modern but it's it's like basically animation over live action is what it was yeah but it looked really yeah. cool and there's a yeah. term for that I like I like the way that looks, and it's got a certain aesthetic to it, um, and certain kind of like graininess that I like. But every other animation, um, I just don't. I, I like animation to to look good. I don't like it, you know <laughs> to look good. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I like I like some of the old stuff. Like I mentioned on I mentioned with with a great sense of intention. Um, um, 101 Dalmatians, Aristocats, stuff like that, because I felt like the art in that, I don't believe that that's bad art. Like, you can have older, older stuff that I think no, is. No, it's not. But when you stand it up next to, you know, like, 
um, just uh, all kinds of stuff. You know, what, what, what about uh, what, what about Vampire Hunter D? Have you ever seen that? Bloodlust um, or the first one doesn't no, matter. No, yeah. I don't think, but I know what you're talking about. The the art in that, I I don't I don't think Bloodlust was was. I don't uh, like Japanimation. I don't know if that was actually Japanimation. I think it was American film. I mean, I, I like, if, if I remember correctly, movies. I maybe I'm wrong, <laughs> right? But I think that that was the thing about it was that it was actually it actually was not uh, Japanimation. There are a couple of movies, uh, Japanimation, that I like, like Princess Mononoke or whatever it's called, uh, Spirited Away. And um, I like those, but I don't like when I try to watch anim- uh, Japanimation stuff like uh, what is the Nuru- uh, Naruto and stuff like that. I just I don't even get it. Uh, it's very it's just way over my head. I, I just it's way too weird for me. Yeah, I do. I. My my wife really likes that stuff, and I've I used to. There was a while where I was kind of into it for a little bit. Um, there was actually a, a really cool one called Lane. Um, there, there was a number of them that were really cool. In fact, there was one uh, that my wife she remembers the name. I don't know if it's something about vampires, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I liked the the style of the clothing that they wore. I liked the um, the way that certain characters are drawn uh mm-hmm. in japanimation but i also it's almost it, it feels to me sometimes almost like um some of that religious art like um the eastern orthodox for example when they when they do icons mm-hmm. they don't want them to look real and so there's certain dimensions and proportions they don't even call it drawing they call it writing and so they they there's a certain style like the length of the arms the length of the fingers it's a so it follows a certain format, and I feel like Japanimation is that way um, on a lot of their stuff. Not entirely. I don't want a bunch of <laughs> people, you know, coming down on me because I like it. I, you know, I'm not criti- I'm not criticizing. I'm saying that I, I'm not the kind of person that could just be like, you know, all in all the time for Japanimation. It's something yeah. that's just it's one of the many things that I watch because you know. Um, I like to have that diversified palette of different artistic forms and stuff like that mm-hmm. with, yeah. So, cool. but, well, I, I don't know, man. I thought it was an okay list. I will. We'll see, man. We'll see. We're gonna have a lot of people probably they'll be like, dude, Jeremiah, you suck at picking out topics. <laughs> like, well, I tried, man. I tried. I think we're going to have some guests soon. We'll see. Um, yeah. Get a couple guests on here. I got a couple in mind and, and uh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be doing that. So, right, in the meantime, go read "Slow Burn on Riverside," yeah, and uh, or something. Read something. Get off your phone. Yes, <laughs> yes. Go read something. Get off the phone. Enjoy. And you know what? It's getting nicer outside, dude. Yeah, it's getting nicer. It you may as well go outside. You can probably take off your shoes. It's not going to freeze the bottom of your heels or nothing. Just get outside, get in the sun, breeze in fresh air, and buy Chad's freaking book. It's not very expensive. Just do it. <laughs> Just buy the book. And so, yeah. So, I, well, I wish your sales the best. And uh, thank you. How can people find us, Chad? Oh, they can. They can find us all over the place. Just by probably googling or. Entering in Paleo Cheese with a Z, C-H-E-E-Z-E, and he's Paleo is spelled P-A-L-E-O. I probably just convoluted that way more than, than but you can pause it and rewind. Uh, at Gmail, 
Facebook.com. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, yeah. Are we? Yeah, we got a Facebook page, man. <laughs> it's it's somewhere. <laughs> like, people can yeah, we got like a hundred and one followers or a hundred followers, something like right. that. But right. if you could subscribe to all of our things so that we can feel some sweet, sweet validation. Yeah, yeah it's how we sleep, sleep at night. night. <laughs> yeah. And and you know what? Let us know what you yeah. want to hear more of, what episodes you hated. Yeah. You know, and uh because we want listeners, man. I yeah. mean, we have fun, but we want listeners too. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, we, we're not we're not sitting here being like you know we're gonna talk about whatever we want. Screw it. If there's like two people listening forever, we don't care. We're not ridiculous, you know. We want we want to we want to have a really good time. We want to have guests on that people want to hear. And is you know, granted, we are both genius, right? We're geniuses. Um, you know, we wow. don't have all the answers. And so if you're like, man, why haven't these guys invited this person on? Maybe it's because we just didn't think about it. But we would love it if we did think about it and we will think about it if you email us. And it's easy to yeah. do. Paleo cheese with a Z, with a Z at gmail.com. It's that simple. All right, man. Until next it's time. good talking to you every you week, too. man. Yeah. All right, brother. Have a good night. All right, you too. Yeah. What evil lurks in the heart of Don Mondale? Only Chucky the Buddha, the enforcer of the Mondo Mafia, knows. Join them each week on the Mondo Method Podcast as Chuck tries to get Don Mondo to reveal what is best in life and where he hid the bodies. Oh, they also talk about writing and being professional authors. The Mondo Method Podcast with Armand Rosamelia and Chuck Buddha. Weekly, wherever you find your podcasts. <laughs>